Good morning on this Saturday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we left off in the book of uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 7 and verse 8. We're talking about the four leopard men that went into the camp of the Syrians and they found everything there. They, 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 they found it completely empty, but they found clothing, they found tents, they found horses, they found asses, uh, they found food, they found all these things. Apparently the Syrian army, when they left, they left in a hurry. They didn't even want to bother to take a horse. They just ran. And remember, it was a supernatural act of God in causing them to hear the noise of a great host, the noise of chariots, the noise of horses. Uh, This was not a natural thing. It was a supernatural thing, which they heard. It would be no different than when Adam would hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, walking in the garden. So one one begins to, as a Christian, to learn to discern and to understand when it's God, when it's not. But let's uh, read verse 7. Uh, Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight. Now the ones that arose were not the four leopards, but it was now the Assyrian army. When the four leopards arose, it seems that these guys also arose, that they heard the noise. The four leopards had made a decision that they were going to surrender to the Syrians. And I go, if we get killed, we're going to die anyway. But God was already behind the scenes working. And that's one of the things. Unless we keep our eyes on the promises of God and on the invisible, then the visible will alter our destiny so that it is not fulfilled to fulfill God's will. But if we keep our eyes on the promises of God, and keep our eyes on the invisible and the eternal, which is the Word of God, which is Jesus Himself, then things will come out as God wants them according to His purpose for our lives. So once again, Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. Well, it was in the twilight when the four leopards decided they wanted to go uh, and visit the Syrians. And it says, The Syrians left their tents, They left their horses, their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. Now, this is important. We'll miss it. When God makes a provision for us, there is always an allotment to fulfill the need as a whole. Not just as a little piece, but as a whole. In this case, when the king, a little later, will get to it, is wanting to send men out there. They don't have any horses. They don't have any asses. They had already eaten them. Those were the only four or five animals that were alive out of the entire entire group of people that was there. So we see how God made provision so that they could have horses so that they could carry everything back into the city too. Well, let's continue. And when the these leopards came to the uttermost part of the camp, And they went in to one tent and did eat and they did drink. And they carried from there silver and gold and clothing and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried from there also and went and hid it. Now remember, I had made mention of this yesterday. This is exactly what Gehazi had done. 
He had gotten greedy. He had gotten covetous uh, concerning uh, the the provisions that God had had made, and it was not time for that. Elijah said it was not time for that. But we're also going to see a comeback in the life of this of this man Gehazi because by him changing his attitude, his nature, and his heart concerning what he wanted to do, it seems to have affected the outcome of the miracle of him being restored and his sons being restored. It says, then they said, here's that one talking to one another again. Then they said one to another, we do not well. See, this time they recognize it on their own. Whereas Gehazi flat out lied to the prophet and flat out lied to the to uh, Naaman, <clears throat> the captain of the of the host of the Syrian army. This day is a day of good tidings, good news, and we hold our peace. We must not keep silent. If we tarry here till the morning light, and once again here it is, they keep. Asking, okay, do we stay here? Do we go? What do we do? It's a constant, constant battle of one step at a time. The whole plan wasn't laid out for them, but it was one step at a time as they made a decision. Okay, we're going to do this. Then now they got to make another decision. Now they got to make another decision. So they said one to another, we do not well this day, where it is a day of good tidings. And we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. In other words, they were concerned, okay, something may happen. Maybe the army will come back. Maybe they'll kill us. Or They just didn't know. Therefore, come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So all he said, probably it was Gehazi, one of them was telling the let's go. Let's go and tell them over there at the king. Even though they had rejected us before, now Gehazi's timing and his son's timing is going to be perfect. The need for a miracle in the land is going to take place by the very man that was greedy, who, when he put the rod upon the child of the Shemanite woman, did not come to life. It was not his time yet. But now it's his time. It's his time and his son's time. It's time for them to do the right thing. The right thing before God, the right thing before man. And it says in verse number 10, So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man. Now you, you have to remember, these are, are leopards that, that are talking to these individuals. There was no man there, neither the voice of man. But the horses tied, notice, the horses tied, the asses tied, and the tents as they were. It's almost like the Syrian army came during this time of the most extreme part of the famine just to be used to provide for the people of Samaria, wherein they thought it was going to be uh, the end of them because they were already eating their own children. They were eating the, the, the animals that they had. All of a sudden they find themselves 
being told by these four individuals that were usually outside the gate, they were leopards. They usually begged. Now they were offering the sounds of a miracle in the ears of the porters. So the porters, uh, they called the porters and they told it to the king's house within. And in verse 12, And the king arose in the night and said unto his servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry, therefore they are gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we will catch them alive and get them into the city, and get themselves into the city. Now this is what the, the king thought. I mean, he's still doubting what has just taken place. And one of the servants answered and said, Let us take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left. That was it. Five horses in the city. And behold, they are as all the multitude of Israel that are left. In, in other words, the horse are dying also. They're starving. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. Let us send and see. See, so it wasn't the strongest horses. It wasn't the strongest men. It wasn't those that were most, most capable. But everybody had reached the point of complete weakness. Weakness where the only thing was surrender to the circumstance and the situation or surrender to God. And believe him. It says in verse number 14. They took therefore two chariots of horses. And the king sent after the host of the Syrians saying. Go and see. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo all the way was full of garments and vessels. Which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. <coughs> now it was the time to receive. Not like when Elijah had told Gehazi, it's not the time yet. But now is the time. And the people went out and they spoiled the tents of the... So that a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel... And two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. In other words, what the prophet had spoken was so exact, it could not be denied that it was the word of the Lord that had spoken unto them. In other words, he was in complete contact with God, and he knew that he had received word, and he gave that word so that the people would know what to do. And the king appointed the Lord upon whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. This was the individual in verse 2 that we talked about that Elijah tells him, you're going to see it, but you're not going to get to eat of it. And of course, this would go in line with, uh, it, 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 you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. You, you have to be born of the Spirit in order to enter it, to partake of it, to see it, to taste of it. When the scripture says taste, taste, uh, and see that the Lord is good. Literally, there is a tasting that takes place. Well, this man was not going to taste. He was not going to eat. Even though he saw 
and he may have heard, but he was not going to be a partaker. And many people see miracles. They hear the word of God, but yet they never enter in and they never truly see the kingdom of God as it is prepared now here on earth for those that are believers. Now, there is the kingdom that is going to be manifested when Jesus comes. But right now, the kingdom of God is invisible. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within the believer. And it says in verse 18, And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow. I mean, even the uh, even to the very minute or an hour of the day tomorrow, about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God <clears throat> and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make the windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold. Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trotted upon him in the gate, and he died. In other words, because they were in such a hurry and in such a haste to be able to get, they wanted to make sure they didn't miss out. But it was so much in abundance. But notice, it wasn't just the food that was provided. So now that it was, there was so much of it that you could buy it for just I'm going to use the word for pennies. But it was the horses and the asses and the tents and the clothing that God also provided them. They weren't wanting that, but that's what they got also. And that is how good the Lord is. Peter lends Jesus his boat. And then all of a sudden the boat is filled. And then others have to come and help. And those boats are filled and those boats are sinking. All of a sudden they realize uh, Jesus borrowed the, mo the boat for a, a little bit. And look at that. We got recompensed way above and beyond. It's because of grace. Not because he deserved it, but because God is God and he is truly Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Consider today a lot of what we have said for food for thought and for the imagination. But until then, keep looking up. Our Lord Jesus Christ is coming soon. Our redemption draws nigh. But until then, be blessed and truly blessed in his mighty name. Amen.